Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. A couple weeks ago, I discovered um, a cinema here in Wrocław called the New Horizon Cinema, and it sort of an art house style cinema, so they show a lot of old stuff, more independent things coming out in addition to to new movies coming out. So it was actually one day that, uh, it was a few days actually, they had an American Film Festival showing old American films, films about America, and new films. Uh, so I did get to see in the evening uh, the highly anticipated Disaster Artist. So this is a movie, for those of you who don't know, about the making of a film called The Room, which is a film directed by this guy, Tommy Wiseau. He's very mysterious. He, this is a real movie, by the way. He, he's really mysterious. Nobody knows where he gets his money. His unlimited amount of money. So nobody knows where that's from. Nobody knows where he's from himself. He doesn't have uh, a lot of things about him online. It's, it's likely that he's from Eastern Europe somewhere, but he has a very strange accent, I think. Not only an accent, but sort of a, an issue with his speech, which makes this, uh, and, and thought process actually, which makes it very, very enigmatic and makes his film very interesting to say the least, and him as a person very interesting as well. Because this film, you, you really have to wonder if you, you can probably watch it online somewhere, but you, you really have to wonder how he came to these decisions to to craft his film in this way. And he was expecting this film to be such an earth-shattering event, uh, for sure, an Academy Award winner, but it's been deemed uh, one of the worst films ever made, possibly the worst film ever made. And because of this mystique and because of... Uh, these strange the strangeness of this film it's become a cult classic that people go to movie theaters to see at midnight and they have as sort of like the way that rocky horror is where they have uh audience interaction and and, and also in the u.s i know that tommy wiseau has some uh, in times in the past had had tours with the film where he would be there in person to uh to meet people and answer questions at the end of the show. Um, I've had friends who have gone to see him. But this film, The Disaster Artist, is about the making of this film and the Franco brothers, James Franco and, was it Tom? Dave Franco? One of his brothers uh, are the two main characters of this film. So James Franco is Tommy Wiseau and his brother Mark, or his brother, <laughs> his brother Mark, his brother uh, whichever one that is plays the guy who plays Mark in the film. So they're like best friends and they go to acting class together and they end up making this film together as well. So that was really funny. It's 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 a film that I, I've never been in the cinema and just been smiling the entire time. But that was the case for this film. I, I was smiling and laughing from beginning to end. It's If you get a chance, really dive into this. you got to see the room first. And then read up a bit on Tommy Wiseau, whatever you can. And then uh, really get to know him. And then go watch the movie and see how, just how quite accurately James Franco portrays Tommy Wiseau. And earlier in that day, that same day, I went to go see um, 
this film called Paris, Texas. And I've actually seen it before. I, I watched it in German film class. This was in 20, spring of 2013. I, it's a film by a German director, Wim Wenders. So uh, the reason it was at the American Film Festival is because it takes place in the American Southwest. It's very important. And when I first saw this movie, I was really... I mean, it's a movie I would never watch on my own in front of a computer because I, I it's, it's three hours long for one and it's also really slow so I often it's a problem I have in recent years that I get distracted uh, when I'm watching films on my computer because of the access you have to everything else on the internet so it's uh, I like going to the cinema these days just to sit down and, and really focus on a movie so this movie is one of those movies that I really have to sit down and be in the the mood and the mode for. And so I got myself into this mood and mode to watch Paris, Texas. And this movie's about a man who doesn't quite remember why he's doing what he's doing at this moment, but he's he's just, he's found by his brother wandering in in the desert in, in somewhere in Texas. And uh <clears throat> and he starts to piece his life together. His brother's been raising with his wife, uh raising his his kid, it's like a six, eight year old kid, something like that. So it's a story about him trying to piece his life together, rekindle his relationship with his his son, and also, um, also to find his former wife. And it's a really beautiful film. Uh, the 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 end scene is this one long uh, interaction between. Uh, well, between two characters, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, not much spoiler alert thing going on uh, now because it's, it's like a 25-year-old uh, movie or so. But it's uh, it's it's two characters. One of them's facing away from the other, and they're having a very very intimate interaction. It's very emotional, and. There's one scene in the middle of the film when he gets back to his brother's house. He's with his brother, his sister-in-law, and his own son. And they bring out this Super 8 footage of when they were all together years ago uh, at the beach, Corpus Christi in Texas. And just the mixture of the music and the the old grainy footage the nostalgia the nostalgic feeling i mean it's not a, it's not footage of of something that i was involved in but i could really feel the deep sense of of, of how rosy things in the past can be and i was sitting in the theater and just the floodgates in my eyes opened and i just couldn't i couldn't control it i was just i was sobbing in the theater, and it's the first time I've had this sort of reaction in, in the cinema. And so that was a very special moment in, uh, in the cinema-going career, let's say. And I don't know if any other people will have the same reaction to this film, but it has a very special place in my heart because it brings together the the importance of of family and also the the magic and vastness and uh, 
beauty of the American Southwest. Uh, so that's from, let's say, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, all the way to Los Angeles even. There's this uh, feeling that I have a strange, deep-rooted connection to this region of the world. I don't know if anyone else has it. I don't, I don't know if anyone else will have the same reaction to this film, but if you get the chance and you have three hours to dedicate to a really slow movie that has a lot of uh, nuance and a lot of little cues that you have to pick up on, uh, this is one. It, it's one of those movies that the more you put in, the more you get out. So, yep, yeah, just wanted to share my uh, experiences recent experiences at the cinema. So this week's episode is going to be with my friend Vincent Dubuis, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Funboat Diplomacy podcast. I have here today Vincent Dubuis. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself to the podcast audience? Okay. Uh, so, I'm Vincent Desbois. I'm 27. I'm French. I uh, was living in Bratislava for three years. I've been living in uh, Ireland for one year. I was doing my studies there. Uh, generally, where I come from, France, uh, people ask me and I don't really know how to answer because uh, I am not especially from one place. Uh, I've been living in many cities in France and so... That's it for me, I would say. I uh, worked, uh, I studied um, management for a long time, for five years, so I have uh, two master degrees. And I worked for Amazon uh, Slovakia, Amazon France in Slovakia, for one year and a half. Uh, and then I got really pretty bored uh, because uh, Amazon is not very well reputed for um, working conditions. For, yes, yeah. for good working conditions. And so I went out. I started to work as a teacher just for fun. Uh, as a also passion. in Slovakia? In, in Slovakia. Right. And actually, I started to be freelance and I started working for schools and then for the French Institute and then for the state. And so it all worked uh, out pretty nicely. And I started to be in a very good situation, very good uh, um, comfort zone. And I was feeling like I should start doing something else because when you start being in this comfort zone, you don't do anything else with your life. And so I wanted to go forward and I wondered what I could do. And so I started uh, traveling by bike uh, all around Europe. Well, that's interesting because most people, I would say the vast majority of people get comfortable and then they don't, they don't move on like you did. Or I don't know if that's what I'm doing. I don't know. I really. I, mean, um, I would say it's definitely not in my absolute comfort zone because it's a different country and different continent completely. But uh, it's not so uncommon these days. But still, m most of the people don't step yes. outside. Uh, but I feel like it's more and more, more and more people are leaving comfort zone. Mm. They see, they they get connected. You know, this has to do with the internet and technology. Getting connected to people, and you can see what other people have accomplished, what other people have done. Mm. And, um, um, actually, the idea for me it came from my flatmate uh, because he traveled by bike from Bratislava to Barcelona, mm -hmm. and so he did like forty-five thousand, uh, no, forty-five hundred kilometers uh, by bike in uh, like forty-five days, I think. So he was doing more or less one hundred uh, kilometers per day. 
and he was telling me crazy stories. I thought that it was a pretty good way of traveling because it's ecological, because you take your time, because it's uh, it's full of challenge, because you need to really cycle. It's uh, it's not as if you were taking the bus or the train or the plane, because then it's pretty easy to get from point A to point B, but here you really feel it in your legs, in your heart, and to me it matches a bit more the way of traveling that we had, well, 100 years ago, where it was like even painful, and I wanted yeah, to and feel... you might not make it. Mm, yes, that, <laughs> that you feel that you, 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 you are in, a, in more endangered uh, than anything else. I, had the story, I heard the story uh, like this, because I'm, uh, with this trip, I'm doing a lot of couch surfing, and I've been hosted at some people, and they were uh, uh, showing me some people on the internet they traveled by bike and they went to New Zealand, but it was like 60 years ago. And they're, uh, well, 40, like, uh, I don't know how old they are, but it was still like, you didn't have the internet, you uh, couldn't uh, take the they plane. They were cycling around New Zealand or what? They were cycling from France uh, to China and uh, Austria, yeah. taking the, the, the boat, the train, everything. And by so, bike, yes, all over land by bike. Yes, yeah. and so to me it's quite impressive this kind of story because it was even more complicated to travel at this time. And here it's properly like traveling, uh, even the ancient way that we uh, gave the, that we defined this word. Um, it's, as a, it's a bit as if you were Marco Polo then, uh, because nowadays it's really easy to travel. I think that the we have more and more in our culture uh, with this globalized world and everything. But I don't want to get into completely like uh, deep into the topic Let's of go. why it's, go. it's this way. But I, I think yes, it's 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 very easy to say. Let's go over there. No, I mean let's go to to the, this topic. Yes. Yes, but I mean, this is precisely actually the point. A lot of people they they get uh, really easily to the places they want. It's very easy to travel. There is absolutely no challenge. When you say, I've been to this place, yes, we've been by plane or something for yeah. one week. Next week, uh, and, uh, I'm paying, I paid $50 to get to Israel. Yes. Crazy. And to me, it's... It's uh, not hard. It's not hard at all. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not so complicated. And then, um, well, I started traveling by bike and... Uh, and I went from Bratislava to Vienna. The first day, it was like 80 kilometers. And uh, I didn't think that, I, uh, that, it was that it was going to happen this way, but I uh, actually arrived too late to get to the hostel. And so I slept in the street in my uh, sleeping bag on a bench. It was, it was quite fucked up, I was thinking, but at the same time, I was completely um, autonomous. I was independent. I didn't have to go actually go to the hostel. I didn't give a shit. And um, I went just the day after. And then I, I, I got hosted by a French guy who lived there and we were doing dumpster diving together. And I discovered what was dumpster diving there actually. And it, it was quite funny to see the amount of food that we can gather. That's just discarded. Uh, from, yes, which is like, a, and he, told, he was telling me this guy, he got really good with dumpster diving and the figures that are associated to it, that 40% uh, of the food uh, in the world is like not consumed. Uh, wasted. Yes, completely wasted. I and think it's more. It's more than 40, actually. He was telling me 40, but yes, maybe it's more. Uh, I really don't know. 
I was uh, now that I'm traveling, I'm really interested into all these ways not to spend so much money, and um, and so and so I learned a lot of with the internet, with some stories of people who are traveling and they really go away with zero euro on their bank account, <laughs> and uh, and then they try to live this way and it's actually working and pretty impressive to me. Um, I'm really uh, thinking a lot through the, the trip. I even bought a book for marking down all of the thoughts that I could have that are going to help me because I think uh, traveling it's also about this, it's growing inside. If you just go to some place and you come back and you're the same person, it's tourism. You just see things, but you don't get into them. Um, you don't mingle with the culture. Uh, this is the reason why I like uh, living with the people when I go somewhere, because then you start learning the language, you start involving yourself into the, the, the city. And later on, all of these streets, these places, they are going to be yours. They're going to be part of your imagination. That's what I want. I'm, I like doing tourism because it's relaxing, because it's nice. But I, I like traveling in the other meaning that it's uh, giving you something. When you travel, you go somewhere and you come back and you're not the same person anymore. You have learned something actively. Uh, you have new skills even. You can speak another language. You can, uh, I don't know. I was reading a story of the girl. Maybe you was, cook uh, something. Yes, you can cook uh, local food. You can. Uh, uh, I was reading the story of a girl. She went to Quebec and uh, she did uh, woofing, uh, well, uh, common work, um, at a place of a musher. So they were uh, working with dogs, and uh, she was doing all crazy stuff with dogs. And now she she knows how to breed. Uh, dogs and this kind of things and to me this is very interesting uh, you put into question a lot of things that we do in our society also so all of this uh, wasting you know like yeah. the dumpster diving I mean for you yeah uh, the dumpster diving discovering uh, that perfectly good food is just tossed away because it's some label on it yes and it's even more disgusting because uh, as you travel and you're starving sometimes you know you, because you, you just uh, okay here there is no shops uh, it's an area uh, that I've been uh, crossing which is like absolutely uh, empty it's full of villages it's very little villages but and you go very nearby the big cities but then you have no shops you have to, it's really, I, I was this way in Czech Republic there was a moment with uh, 80 kilometers without anything I was like ah come on I want some food and uh, I just crashed uh, um, in a little shop, but it was really little. There was nothing inside. It was just cookies and uh, so it was shit. Uh, and as you sleep in the forest under your tent, uh, that you cook with your stove and that you have only one frying pan uh, for cooking everything or one uh, pot or. Uh, it's hard to cook and for instance uh, now uh, I'm uh, hosted by someone uh, so Radoslav who is Polish and he's really nice uh, that I can stay in his place it's cool he has a kitchen and I can cook I this is incredible but then you see how much a kitchen is so nice because you, you have a fridge you have a dishwasher you have a sink you have water all the time you have a 
uh, frying pans, you have the, the, the full stove stuff, uh, you have a, a teapot for making tea, I don't know, this is, um, this is, this is really making you, you love having, being into a kitchen, you know, and uh, now I enjoy cooking a lot. Uh, this is the same for the shower. You really enjoy getting a shower. Uh, there was there's an economist that I listened to, Tom Woods, who was talking about how he visited the Palace of Versailles mm -hmm. with his with his daughter, and she goes, "Oh my God, it's so extravagant and beautiful <laughs> and everything." And he's like, "Yeah, but even the most rich person in France back in the day didn't have a working toilet." Yeah, and you know. The, how how convenient things are these days is mm. incredible. Yeah, like you're saying about all these kitchen appliances, taking a hot shower. Mm. People maybe took one shower in a year back in the day. Yeah, everyone smelled terrible. That's probably the reason why people were really aggressive and fighting all the time. <laughs> we're really uncomfortable and smelled bad, and everyone else smelled bad too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically. I don't feel more aggressive because I didn't have a no, shower no, no. during my travel. But, but have you gone? Have you gone years without uh, years, showering? Years, no. Um, <laughs> I've got a week. A I, I've gone a week uh, under my tent and with the same clothes, uh, and it's already quite boring. But uh, yes, a year I don't imagine doing that. Um, so, like when you're when you're on your trip, what's the like a typical day? You wake up and well, how do you decide what to do? Um, well, so what I was thinking about doing, like at uh, the beginning when I really started my uh, my trip, it was really like uh, when I planned even beforehand my trip, it was really okay. I'm gonna go there, and I'm gonna go uh, in this uh, allocated time, and this is going to be this way. Everything planned and. I had a very good idea of what I was going to do, where I was going to do it, how much time it was going to take. And I saw on the way, for instance, like to Vienna, right at the beginning of the trip, that there were some castles really worth seeing between Bratislava and Vienna. And I was thinking, actually, I'm missing this. I can't stop because within my organization, it's not uh, working. And I understood then later that no, I shouldn't think about doing 90 kilometers per day, 75 or 120, because maybe there is something worth stopping uh, on the way, uh, just uh, the view, just uh, appreciating the moment, and uh, and it's all about the moment. I have a friend, he was talking to me about the moment, that we don't know how to take a moment. I even saw a guy talking about it, uh, he was talking about happiness and uh, some scientists they were studying what is now and now it's three seconds. Um, they looked, they searched a bit, what is the time that we spent, that we spend interacting with each other, what's the uh, time that we take for looking at someone, even for a short uh, period of time was the time that animals take for uh, checking something or, or yes and so generally they, they saw that a moment it's three seconds and so in your lifetime if you live like 80 years maybe it's like 500 million moments and how do you make these moments worth uh, living and so I was thinking about a lot about this 
how to enjoy the moment and basically you just have to stop. And this is very weird as a saying because traveling is about enjoying Motion. stopping. Like uh, you, you, so yes, you have to move, but at the same time you know how to stop. You, you, you need to know how to it's stop. Two sides of the same coin. Exactly. It's you need to to take your time. To me, it's the most important thing that I have learned here with the traveling because it's my first real travel, uh, real trip, sorry, this way, that I travel this way. I didn't do like uh, any road trip before, rail trips, whatever. This is the first time I go on the road and do something like this. And here it's really properly on the road with a bike. Um, and well, I've been to New Zealand, for instance, by plane. And I, I understood that there, uh, that actually it's not because you've been to the end of the world that the world is different. It's still like the same world and it's not so incredible actually in the end. Um, and now I even understand it further, I think. It's that uh, sometimes you're stopping somewhere and you see, oh my God, but this is something, there is something really, really weird there. What is it? It's, it seems to be incredible. And you go there and it's awesome and you see that it was maybe one or two kilometers away from you. And, and then you learn this, that you don't need to go so far to get a good experience of life. And so the world is now, this is coming back like to what I was saying, um, the world, we, we all try to move. There is this way of, yeah, I've been there, I've done that, you know. I, uh, checklists. I, I, yes, having checklists. And actually, a lot of people say, yeah, I've been seeing that. Uh, but to me, this is like very wrong. Uh, I'm not travel. I try not to travel anymore for seeing stuff, even if uh, this is nice. Uh, I try not to have this checklist, this bucket list, you just throw it in the garbage, it becomes your uh, way of life and this is not so important if you have not seen everything, it's just uh, have you lived properly what you have uh, been living more uh, than uh, trying to uh, hunt down uh, everything, uh, doing a lot of photos and getting back to your place and saying, well, it was so cool. Um, I like, but this, I like taking photos. This, uh, that's, me too, me that's too. something I love uh, about traveling is seeing something new. And uh, the, for me, taking photos is really uh, important because I take, I think it's been described not for taking photos, but for drawing something. Mm -hmm. You sit there and you draw every little detail, how you see it, and onto the paper. And you really get to the details and the feel, this mm -hmm. sort of connection to whatever you're drawing. I have sort of a similar thing with photos because I'll stop if I see something. I'll compose something with the framing of the photograph. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate things much more. And then I remember it more later on when I look back at it. But in the moment, it's very important to me because I stop mm -hmm. and I observe it as, a, as an image, how best yes, to capture, how to this, capture uh, it this, this uh what is so remarkable about this image, this aesthetic thing that's hitting my eye uh, and then put it onto a photo. But I think this way is the good way. But you have the other way, which is like, uh, let's take photo of everything and yeah, then, meaning, uh, meaning uh, I'm taking a photo just to uh, capture the light that came off of that uh, mosque 
into my phone, and mm. so I can. It probably is not even a good-looking photo. They, there's no attention to how it looks. It's just I was there. Yeah, it's yeah. basically, and this is to me like a, if, if that's the bucket list uh, checklist mentality. Yes. And to me, it's part of all of this culture of moving around, and it's so cool of moving around. But actually, people don't have the they, they don't understand the real meaning of what it seems to really uh, go somewhere and try to get something out of it. I think pre people are not thinking even about it. It's okay. Even if you explain that to them and that they understand that maybe it's a bit wrong that they could go further, they're still going to be pretty happy about what they're doing and they're going to enjoy it. Um, then is that a I, real problem then? Mm -hmm. if, they, if, if, they, if they truly do enjoy it, if that's what they... That's what their goal is. Then. Well, yes, yes, but it, it's good. I, I enjoy it as well. I mean, like doing tourism, I love it. It's relaxing. It's really nice. But I think that I would like to go a bit further because then uh, I want to, not to see more things, but I want to enlarge my vision of what I see now. And this is a bit different philosophically, uh, and it's a bit philosophical. Maybe it's a bit boring because you just want to travel and have fun, but you can get something out of it, which is going to make you... Um, not a better person. Like a lot of people say, yeah, it changes you to travel and everything, but maybe uh, you, you, you're still a bit the same. Maybe it's going to make you grow, and that would be nice, but in the end, you're still the same person. I don't like the people who say, yeah, I'm super smart because I've traveled everywhere. Uh, I, I don't like this because then in the end, you're still a person. You're still just a human being. Uh, and maybe this person who is next to you, yes, he has never traveled, but he has also like an incredible story and you're going to shut up yourself because uh, then it's, uh, he, he has a lot of uh, personality and a lot of uh, um, good uh, goodwill good maybe wisdom. inside, uh, I don't know, like a good soul and he didn't need to travel for this. Uh, and so I feel... I feel that I'm traveling for mm, for getting this to grow, but I know that I shouldn't make a goal out of it, and I shouldn't uh, how do you say um, think of myself highly, like uh, up to my nose. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, that uh, yes. Oh yeah, I have traveled, man. Look at this. Not, not not to just tell people that you did it. Exactly. It's for your own your own. You have a yes, hunger to do for, it, for, for basically. My, yeah, it's for my myself, for my soul, and I just don't need to uh, tell everyone. If people are asking me, yes, I will tell tell about it, but I don't compulsorily do it. Uh, it's important then to travel alone, right? Um, don't you think? I personally, I like really a lot traveling alone. Um, but I don't know if this is an important aspect because it's what you're doing. But is it an important aspect of of uh, not achieving this, but getting this zone, getting into that zone that you're talking about? I I wanted to travel alone because uh, it was a travel a trip by bike, and it's a bit different than just traveling by plane. Or uh, this is more complicated, and you have to be responsible for yourself. And I didn't want to be responsible for other people would uh, depend on me and uh, have expectations from me and but it, it, it that because applies to all kinds of travel because you have to make sure this person is coming to, yes, on the plane I agree but uh, it's of course it's more extreme I with think the bike. exactly this is more extreme with the bike 
and so I didn't want to have anyone with me. I, my sister, my sister wanted to come with me. Uh, she's very nice. She's been traveling, but not my bike, and uh, me neither. I, I this is I, I had no experience before uh, of traveling by bike, and I want to go like a pretty long way. I know it doesn't fit like everyone, and I know that the places that I pick up they don't fit everyone. On the other hand, also. I travel alone because I can do whatever I want with my schedule. Um, this is what I discovered, uh, taking your time everywhere. At the beginning I was really going like Vienna, Brno, uh, uh, Prague, and actually I missed a lot of stuff going to Prague on the way, I think. Uh, then I, when I was in Prague I started understanding this because I was in a hostel and there were a lot of Australian guys and uh, they were really young. Uh, traveling, uh, yes, I'm in Europe, and they were getting wasted every night, but they didn't even see the city. And not learning anything about it, its history, not meeting Czech people, uh, and yes, you can get drunk uh, pretty much in your place. Uh, you don't need to travel very far to say, to, to say getting drunk. Um, this is nice, obviously, and I think you can do it, but this is not like, this is a bit pointless. Well, mm. if, that, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But for, I guess for us, it's not what our first goal is when we travel. Exactly. Uh, here, um, but even then, when they start seeing, oh, wow, this church, this church is incredible. When they, when they really get out of this uh, getting drunk stuff, they really see that they could go further and they even start wanting it themselves. It's just that they don't know it. They, they don't know that they're missing something. So they're pretty happy about what they have already now. But uh, uh, when they get conscious about what they, they, they could do, the, it opens them up, I would say. And I saw this and this is quite, this is quite nice to see, but also... You saw a transformation? A bit uh, of uh, some people who were like, but I really should mo go more out and uh, seeing stuff and uh, meeting people. And, uh, and I was feeling this also as well, I, because I've been doing that also in the past, getting drunk in hostels, and it's quite funny, but... Uh, um, I think it's a thing young people yes, just do, it's I think fine. Every need, it's a every, phase. I, I think everyone needs to go through this phase. <laughs> yeah, yes. why and, not? And then um, I I just went out with some someone uh, uh, Dutch girl, no Danish, I don't know. Um, she told me about like squat dot uh, radar dot squat dot net, which is a website about uh, squats everywhere in Europe. All of these places with uh, artists and uh, workshops, and I was quite happy. I met a friend who is Czech there. She invited me for lunch, and we, we were talking about uh, traveling by bicycle. Her boyfriend was going to go all the way from Barcelona to um, Prague uh, by bike, and uh, I went with her into a bar which was steampunk. Like, there was no one, no one from hostel going there, but I was thinking, wow, this is like incredible because there were sculptures, you know, steampunk cultures, mechanically yeah. uh, engineered one, and they were working, they were Whoa. really turning. It was really <laughs> cool. That was, really, that, was, that was a really cool place. And I was thinking, I'm really happy to get out and see all these things uh, because. And that's uh, the special things, those are the special things that if you were just going by a checklist, you would have missed entirely if you don't stop and meet somebody and they show you something that's yes. completely completely not uh, a tourist thing like you said yes it's exactly it's just more uh, thing something for some uh, unique um, 
some unique little niche in yes. a unique place. It can be something for tourists, but uh, yes, uh, even the tourists, they have to dig it out for getting there. Uh, but it's more of like, a, these are people who live here and exactly. they like to do this. Exactly. Uh, she, she liked to go there because there was even like a slam session with some Polish and Slovak guys. And that's what I want to see. I want to see spectacles. I want to go to the theater. I want to read the newspaper and get the news from the country and be aware of where I am. Uh, know the history of the country. I went to uh, uh, Couchsurfer. She, uh, she, she, she was a really good uh, person. And she had a book of uh, the Czech culture, but written by a foreigner. And it was really, really interesting to see to read uh, when I told her that I've never heard of uh, Zimmermann because in France we are pretty closed up like uh, concerning the culture of other countries uh, we don't need to do everybody is a little bit like that every uh, country in Czech Republic as they don't have a lot of uh, authors for instance in literature they study also the French uh, authors the Spanish ones the German ones and I thought wow these guys they have like a wide very wide uh, range of uh, culture of uh, how do you say it's not viewpoints uh, I don't know how to put it but they 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 see very well uh, well they see different their neighbors. differences and yes neighbors and they're uh, surrounded by titans <laughs> sort yeah. of but at the same time they know better than the titans than maybe the titans themselves because uh, for be. instance I don't know anything about Spanish literature. And they know, they, they do, and they, they, to me, they were way much smarter than uh, any French kid could be because the French would study only the French aspect, point of view of um, literature, when they, whereas they, they could study it in all of the different point of views of everyone, everywhere. And uh, I've been in a family where the children, they read a lot of things about uh, classical literature and I was quite impressed with their knowledge and with the ideas they could develop uh, then because obviously the, the, the space that you have in your brain for ideas is way much bigger, uh, you have co more complex ideas, uh, I think. And it's like the lifting weights with your brain. Exactly. Uh, and so... Uh, and so, yes, uh, I, I really would like to, uh, what I mean in the end, the point is that I really would like to go for something like this, like being more open uh, and not just go into these hostels, uh, getting drunk. And I discovered this, that, uh, that I was doing this, that I was just going from point A to point B that I shouldn't do that. And uh, then I saw, oh, there is a castle like 70 kilometers away. I went to to Karlstein uh, Castle and it was really good for the history and uh, I actually had my birthday there. <laughs> right. I turned uh, 23 in the castle of Karlstein and there were, I met, uh, I was uh, asking in the restaurant, uh, okay, do you have uh, something special for birthday? And I was uh, oh no, we don't, sorry. And then these two girls uh, from, Paul, from uh, Czech Republic, they were telling me, okay, uh, you can come, uh, we just heard you, you can have your birthday lunch with us. And, it was quite nice. Uh, there was one Czech girl, she was living in France and she was speaking very, very well French. And the other one was living in New Zealand. And, uh, and it was really, really nice to have like people uh, who live abroad at the same time in Czech Republic 
being Czech and having the Czech point of view and also like traveling around. I really appreciated the conversations we've had together. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, yes, this kind of things that's what I, I really want and you need to really get out of the big cities for having this. And then after, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm just going to go to Kutnahora, to this place, because there is a really nice stuff to see. I'm going to stay two, three days. And actually, I stayed, I think, one week. And after, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Hradzkralove, and then I will go to, to Poland. And then after, uh, I went, actually, not for Hradzkralove, I went to a city, big city also, but which is, like, just nearby, 50 kilometers uh, below, on the map, on the south, to the city, which is Pardubice, and I stayed there maybe two days, then after I went more south, because I saw that there were things like that I could see. The next. And this was not, never on the plan. And that was never on the plan. <laughs> and I started to go completely off the plan. And actually, I really enjoyed it, because I was meeting uh, couchsurfing people. I was hosted by awesome people. Uh, I went to the Museum of Bicycle. Uh, it was quite fun. Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. And uh, they, they brought me there. They were cooking for me. They were explaining explaining me stuff about the cultures, these are hosts. So I was with proper Czech people who were also traveling crazy distances with the bikes, uh, who went to Balkans by bike, uh, so Croatia or whatever, doing maybe three, four thousand kilometers, um, and uh, coming back. And also I was going after to Hrales Kralove. I started going for museums that are really specific about things and uh, I started to be pretty bored by all of this history stuff and I went to the Museum of Piano uh, which is really nice because the biggest producer of piano in Europe is actually in Hradec Kralove and I didn't know that, it's a Petrov, Petrov uh, piano and so they're, they're really really good pianos and uh, you can check uh, how the mechanism inside the piano is working uh, harmoniums that are actually uh, organs, but just the size of a piano when you don't have so much money uh, <laughs> to, in, to invest into an organ, into an actual organ, but it's the same sound. Uh, grand pianos are private pianos, are piano bars, so you can actually connect an iPod to the piano and it's going to play the music of uh, the part of the piano. Whoa. And the rest is On going the to be... Yes, and the rest is going to be played by speakers. The guy was really nice, was like, oh my god, you're traveling, bye bye, it's awesome. <laughs> and obviously you have this sort of, uh, you're kind of a star because you're traveling by bike and it's quite unusual. And so the people, they give you food, they, they're really nice with you. It's really different. You see also that the people are really cool with you. Um, and that actually you have, this is something in our societies, we're like, oh yes, uh, I'm scared of the people, get killed or whatever. And so no, actually, no. A lot of people are really nice all the time. Um, I've been hosted by uh, plenty of people. But Here if now, you, if I you mean, follow uh, this logic, mm -hmm. then you shouldn't have any fear of going to the United States. Oh, uh, yes. As, as our previous conversation. Uh, we had a previous conversation saying that uh, I'm scared of going to America because of the guns. But <laughs> yes, uh, here I, I disagree with this, uh, actually with the role. Uh, it's not about like, I think, for instance, you're American, and I think a lot of Americans are like you. And so I could meet Americans, American people here into uh, Europe, but I wouldn't like to go to this country because uh, to your country because I disagree with this rule. 
sure know. but you're not it's uh, not like uh, it's not you, you have you can you can you can feel open and that people will be welcoming and gracious to you in oh the I, I don't well. i don't uh, I, I i don't disagree with that uh, i think it would be this way i think uh, they would be as friendly as uh, in europe but it's really being uh, uh, actively against this rule because i'm really uh, anti anti gun uh, mm -hmm. I, i don't like it so I think it would be a very nice experience as well. I had some uh, hosts who were traveling uh, in America and they were telling me their experiences and it was generally so, like it was awesome to them. And I think it would be the same way with me, but I just uh, disagree with this rule. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't think it should be a deterrent for you to go. I, 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 I know, but then uh, also there is another thing, which is uh, everybody goes to America and if you see like i've been to ireland okay it's pretty generally like a lot of people go there but then after i went to slovakia and now i'm going to czech republic poland i'm going to go quickly to germany i'm going to go to denmark and i want to spend a bit of time to denmark in denmark uh, i know i'm going to spend a lot of time in belgium and i really would like to to spend more time in the places where nobody goes it's uh, really more um, about adventuring then then going in a place where oh yes i know that there is a french community there and i'm going to be safe uh, there is going to be like it's going to be easy basically uh i really would like to have uh, like i i like difficulty it's uh it's uh, it's nice when it's difficult it's better you have better stories than it's to with, tell it's really with everything <laughs> I mean, it's it, it can be little things in in everyday life too Difficulty, yes. Uh, like exercise, sometimes it, it sucks, but <laughs> once you get through it, you feel some sort of accomplishment. Like you were saying before, that you like to get something done in good time, and then it feels mm. like you've accomplished something. But if it's hard, you feel a little bit extra. Like, oh, if I can accomplish this, what what else can I accomplish? Mm -hmm. uh, that's another thing that um, I've been. I mean, I've been doing it. It really sucks, but at the end of a shower. Turning the knob all the way to the cold, mm -hmm. and having a really cold ten seconds at least, and not, right, not right. letting yourself turn it off. Just do the ten seconds, see <laughs> if you can do more. But it feels really good. It feels really good after. But during, it might be the worst. One of the worst feelings right. of all time. I, I try to uh, have like uh, these cold showers. Today I had one. Uh, no, no, no warm shower. Just yeah, uh, go right directly to the cold. To the cold. Yeah. Uh, and there is also a practical reason to this. Uh, Basically, it's uh, I have a friend. He's a Wim Hof guy, uh, Wim Hof, and uh, and this is awesome to me. This because he's, he's incredible. Yeah, he's so inspiring. It's incredible because then also you have. Do to you want to explain a little bit what, if people uh, don't know who Wim Hof is? You can you can explain. Yeah. If you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's this Dutch guy. He's mm. uh, what happened? He he his wife died, mm -hmm. and so he, uh, for whatever reason, he thought to to challenge himself with physical physical challenges mostly in the cold and so he's done things like going up to the top of mount everest in just shorts yes yes, yes. he's done like uh like ice water diving like underneath like sheets of ice and he's mm. you know he almost got stuck there before and but he does this breathing technique yes that uh that that supercharges your immune system to resist cold not resist cold but so you can you you can withstand and yes. and, and sort of um, 
use the cold to your advantage, actually. Mm-hmm. And then it actually, it, it, it apparently prevents prevents the sickness. Exactly. And uh, and on top of that, you get that feeling that we were talking about of, of uh, I can do this. I can mm-hmm. do this really difficult thing. And he's done it with like just all, a whole range of people. He has classes and courses. Yes. And he, he teaches people how to do it and they can do it. <laughs> and actually, they, yes, they go yes. into ice water and without clothes and they, they go up to the top. They went to the, Vice did a piece on him and they went uh, with the Vice reporter to mm-hmm. the highest point in Poland <laughs> with just shorts. Oh, it should be Mount Risi or somewhere in, okay. down in Tatra, yeah, I yeah. think. But they did that and he's, his, his point is that this is really important and you can do it too. Yes. And he's so, I love when he talks in the interviews mm-hmm. and when he's, uh, when he's uh, doing his, his uh, tutorials and things, he's mm-hmm. just so inspiring because he's really mm-hmm. he's just a really really happy dutch old dutch guy and mm-hmm. just wants you to be a better person uh, and to improve yourself and the, so the technique the wim hof method is the uh so you you take uh, the cyclical breath like deep breaths in exhale and then you cycle it for maybe like 30 to 40 and then you you uh you let all the air out and hold it without taking a breath in mm-hmm. for as long as you can i usually do like a minute, I can do a minute. Mm-hmm. And then when you really can't stand it, a huge breath in, and then you let out a bit, and then take a huge breath, let out a bit, huge breath, and then that exactly. oxygenizes mm-hmm. your blood. And uh, somehow, I don't know the science behind it exactly yeah, so much, either. but it feels, it feels, you feel a difference. Man. You feel a difference. I, do, I try to do it in the mornings, every morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's and before running, before running, I go, I I, I do the, that breathing uh, technique, and it, uh, you know, I think it has an effect. To me, uh, like this is incredible, and I would like to learn how to do this properly, because I think it has a. It's really important when you're traveling by bike uh, to have this uh, power of uh, body condition, which is really good. And uh, so, yes, on the morning now, I try to have the cold showers to put my body into this hard condition, hard condition and then uh, be able to... Um, and basically, all of this travel, you know, the power of the now, uh, Wim Hof, uh, uh, Couchsurfing... Uh, this is a very, I was a host of Couchsurfing before uh, on Warm Showers. This is a... Warm Showers is a specialized website of couchsurfing for cyclists. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was a host. Now I'm doing couchsurfing myself uh, as a guest. Uh, Normal couchsurfing or the same website? Uh, both. Both. Uh, both. Actually, I go to couchsurfing now that I've started with Warm Showers because uh, I try to get both ways mm-hmm. just to discover how is the with just couchsurfers uh, from the couchsurfing website. And uh, I don't know, um, reading um, stuff about poetry, uh, uh, techniques, stuff that I read on the road. Um, all of these things I discovered in dumpster diving, for instance. Uh, all of these th- things I discovered them through traveling. Uh, and I get interested in some stuff that I wouldn't have been interested into if I was not traveling and if I was staying in my, if I had been staying in my comfort zone as a teacher in Bratislava. And because so, you're living a completely different life, so you have to pick up 
different yes. uh, means to the different ends. Yes, your your objectives, your priorities are, are completely changing. Your your priorities before is just like okay, let's have fun and everything, and after your priorities, let's have food, <laughs> let's have water. I need uh, the basics right let's, now. Let's uh, let's, um, let's have uh, also like Wi-Fi because you want to connect also with your friends. It's actually pretty important that you're not like alone and uh, actually everything now is going through the internet if you want to do to organize couch surfing you have to have a website send emails uh, if you want to go to an event uh, to i don't know a concert festival whatever you have to go through facebook through um, i don't know specialized uh, dancing websites and everything and so you need uh, the wi-fi water Water is the same. It's very, very important. There was one guy traveling, and he was saying uh, uh, that the first word and the most important word that you should know how to say in every language it's actually the word water, mm -hmm. uh, because water is life. Always have a good stash of water. Have you ever stuff. been on the bike in, in the middle of nowhere and not had? Yes. Well, you know, yes. It and sucks. It sucks. It's, it's very much because uh, suddenly you feel. Oh, this is a uh, something is, is lacking. Something yeah, very important I, is lacking, and I know what it is. My body knows what it is. I don't have it. And uh, I was, I was uh, actually, it was forty degrees in Czech Republic. It was still in July. It was, yeah, and it was like really, really hard. Uh, I was quite angry with myself because I was cycling like for a very, very, very long time. Uh, so I think I did six hours straight. It was uh, two o'clock or three o'clock. And I had like still half a liter of water and I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to drink it. I just drank it and I thought I need to stop. I, I, and actually I stopped for 30 minutes or one hour. I could see only plains and, uh, and crops and fields around me. I was a bit scared because I was thinking, shit, I, I, <laughs> I don't have water. I'm really thirsty now. And I stopped for 30 minutes and actually I did, it counted me first. I... And this is the there that I started learning that I should stop. That I that the, when you don't stop, when you go too hard on yourself, you start hurting yourself. You start uh, damaging your equipment. Actually, my bags now they have holes, I, uh, and but this is quite bad because they are waterproof normally, and so now they are a bit fucked. Yes, it's still a bit waterproof. So, but is, if if it's not raining like too too hard, if it's really like big storm, yes, obviously I'm going to have a bit of water inside my bag. But they are very good bags uh, in the end. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's something that is really uh, very important water. Actually, after this break that I did, like for 30 minutes or one hour, I uh, I just I, I thought like I just have to go forward. If if I don't move, there is nothing to be. There is nothing happening, and I mean shit. Um, and actually, I continued. I did maybe one kilometer, and I couldn't see it from the point where I was because I was on the summit of a hill. But there was a village uh, downhill, <laughs> and so I, I was like, oh, yeah, I should, actually, I shouldn't be stressed about anything. I asked two guys, uh, "Yes, can I have water?" I, I'm, I showed my uh, bottles, and they were like, "Oh my God, yes, uh, you can have one bottle." And I actually brought another bottle. I had three bottles of water, and so I had maybe. Two liters and a half at the beginning of my trip and now I have four because this he brought me a big bottle and I was explaining a bit in Slovak, Czech, German what I was doing they were like wow this is so nice uh, incredible and they gave me 
bit of strength, I have to say, for the rest of the trip. And now I know that, for instance, water is very important, but if you don't have it and you're fucked, uh, you can't do anything about it. Uh, maybe you're gonna be very thirsty for, for a while, but this is very safe actually here. You have a lot of villages around and uh, and Europe is very safe, I think, actually, for traveling. Water, water is very yes, abundant. It's something that uh, we have here in abundance and you're not traveling, like for instance, in Austra uh, Australia. Yeah. I saw some stories that the guys, they needed oh. to take 15 uh, liters of water on the bikes because uh, you can have five days of cycling without seeing anybody. Yeah. And uh, the whole center of the country. Yes, it's, it's just empty and yeah. uh, <laughs> there is no terrifying. one. It's terrifying. <laughs> and uh, it's full of also, of the, I wouldn't cycle in the center of Australia because it's full of these uh, things <laughs> that can kill you. It, these animals that can kill you instantly. Like there is li <laughs> this little tiny scorpion, uh, he's, uh, he has a... Like all One of milliliter of poison is just sufficient to kill you in ten seconds. It's like it's like the entire entire nature of that, of that, of that area yes. is, is, is weaponized. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Australia is to me like kangaroos. You see, like how how much how muscular they are. Yes, and they like what they do is they, they they I think they come up, they like hold your shoulders and kick you. Yes, they they, they, they kick, kick you. With the, they kill you with the with the poles. Actually, yeah, they're they're back poles on which they leap. You've seen it's how like very they are. They're yes. so strong. They're very yes, stocky actually animals. They're very big actually, very big animals. So yes, uh, and I I learned also how to let go. I, after, before I was very scared, for instance, with my bike that I need to locate everywhere, uh, that it's going to be a problem, blah, blah, blah. and now sometimes I'm just like uh, I put it on the side, uh, don't even lock it. I'm in the nature, and nobody's going to come uh, and you take it, it when you're like camping, when you're yes, in nature. yes, and, uh, and because you're scared because it's your home. I don't have a flat. I don't. I, I, I'm just traveling around. I, I don't have anything else than this bike and my sleeping bag, my tent, and everything. And at the beginning, you're scared, and uh, in the end, you start to let go, to, to let the fear go. This is very strange. Uh, you think that you should uh, check this and do that, and actually, you're like, no, let's, let's, rid of, let's get rid of the stress. I learned really uh, how to do this. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Uh, so if, if, for instance, the bike gets stolen, whatever is going to happen. Actually, I got robbed on the way, like my passport and my... Uh, and my credit card, and I had to go back uh, to Bratislava for one month. I got robbed in Ostrava, uh, in Czech Republic. And at the beginning, I was really down. I was. What really exactly happened? Hmm? What exactly happened? It was. It's really, really dumb. I was uh, with a friend. She was traveling by van, and she picked me up with the van, and so we put the bike in the van, and I got really this uh, big feeling of uh, being safe because then the bike is in the in the is in the van. And so it's okay, I can leave all of my stuff there and it's going to be uh, okay. And actually, yesterday I let uh, my... And it's quite uh, <laughs> hilarious because it's a safe belt that you put under your pants, you know, under your trousers, so that nobody can pick it up, so nobody can rob you. And I let it in the front uh, seat of the van with my camera and actually we forgot to lock up the door. And so they just had to come and take the first thing they, they saw and that was it. So this was this is like quite dumb story and at the beginning you're like oh but this is so bad and stuff and actually it was really good it turned out to be a really good stuff because I came back for one month in Bratislava seeing my friends it was in August so the very nice weather we were cycling to the 
to the to the lake. My friends they were helping me even financially. Um, oh yes, uh, you got robbed. Like I, I think I got robbed maybe eight euros or something with the with the wallet and everything. Uh, your passport though. Yeah, my passport. It took me one month to redo it, but actually I, I got yes. You need to be prepared for that. All the papers and shit. This this is important. Uh, so I had all of the documents to redo directly the passport. The first day I came back to Bratislava, I had all of the documents needed to redo a passport. And this you don't want to fuck to fuck it up. This is you should all, always have the photocopies of everything because it can happen, and it actually happened to me. And then you, you always think, oh yes, but it's going to happen to someone else. And then the day it happens to you, like, ah, I'm fucked. And then, uh, and so... It's a good lesson because someone else is you. Yes, this someone else is yeah. actually you then. And, uh, and, and that's not just for that, it's for all kinds of things. Yes. When something happens to someone, that always can be you. Mm. Always. Good things, bad things. Yes. But then the, the bad things turn, generally, it's part of the adventure. Uh, bad adventure is still adventure. Uh, I made it this up in my mind and uh, actually it makes like very nice stories then to tell because uh, yes you still went through it and you didn't give up and I, I came back to Bratislava I did my, my stuff and three days after having all of the papers done and everything I was on my bike in uh, Czech Republic I went bike back on the on the track I didn't give up and then you 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 get a lot of uh, force uh, out of it you get strong you get uh, you get strength um, with these stories. You're also, I agree with, with that, I, I saw this written on a website which is called Histoire de Tongue. Uh, it means a story of tongues, of flip-flops uh, in English. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a French girl, she's been traveling for four years and she's been a nomad. It's been like two years that she's nomad. She has no home and she's just traveling around the world with no money. And she's making it, she's been like in a lot, lots of places, in Africa, in Asia, in whatever. And uh, you're, even if you get a lot of strength, all of the feelings that you have, they're stronger. They're, they're definitely, when you feel joy, when you feel happy, you feel really happy and there is no stress. And when you are in bad situations, you just like feel super down. Uh, this is something that uh, you, you have to cope with it. And this is, I think, very nice. I, I, uh, you get an emotional intelligence. Uh, you get uh, intelligence out of your feelings, how to control them, channel what you have inside of yourself. And this is really good for your mental, uh, for your mentality, for your mental, mental fortitude. Yes, exactly. For your, uh, because then when you're going to go back to normal life, maybe, uh, if you go back to it, because generally you start getting addicted to <laughs> this kind of traveling, this kind of life, uh, you're really stronger because uh, you know that, yeah, it's okay, it's just a paper that I didn't have and it's going to take 15 more days and whatever. It's a perspective building thing and yes. then a resilience building thing. Exactly. You can, you can roll with the punches. Mm. You, can, you can put it into perspective, like you said, it's just a piece of paper, I can... It's inconvenient, of course, no one's yeah, debating yes. that, but I can go through the process, get back on the road. Yes. Yeah. The road is the road can be life too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get back on the get back on your bike. Basically. Yes. And after you we can apply life. that to everything and it's quite nice. Who was it? It was uh it was Musashi, the guy who wrote 
is a samurai who wrote the uh, he he is a samurai and from Japan mm-hmm. back in the day he wrote the Book of Five Rings and he says mm-hmm. something I'm gonna paraphrase it he says once you master one thing you see the techniques in all things it's the same techniques yeah, so to you can, approach, uh, you can start to approach life to approach a craft uh, mm-hmm. something difficult yes something do you do the the process of learning and going get, get, like eating shit just just bad things happening to you and adapting mm-hmm. and 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 surviving it mm-hmm. that's the process of life mm-hmm. and everything that you do in life has it you suck at it at the beginning something will go wrong yes and if it doesn't go wrong you might be lucky but at the same time you're not growing the same way yes so it's one of these things I I went like I I agree with this and also I would like to add something with this uh, to this. I I was going for this job of Amazon of being like uh, this accountant and then I went for being a teacher and the fact to have two very different uh, experiences that are really completely different because one is working into this kind of company following following uh, proceedings and everything. And the other one is just working directly with the people in front of them and giving them something. Something. It really brought me like different skills, and I think that the more different experiences you're gonna live, and the more uh, you're gonna get things out of them to grow in this way, that you can learn and uh, how to cope with things. Uh, because how to get into something completely different without uh, any problems that you don't have stress because you know how to handle something completely different already. Uh, yeah, in this kind of world we have now where it's so connected and things change so fast, it's very important because the days of having a career for 40 years yeah, and then retiring, they're, gone. <laughs> they're, they're maybe not gone, but they're very quickly becoming... Uh, they're becoming not the way that everyone does things and, and mm. it's very important to be you get dynamic. You get outdated very yeah, fast, exactly. very quickly. Exactly. And you need to constantly be learning new skills and through doing different kinds of things to be dynamic, to be... Uh, yeah, how, do I, how, how else do I explain? Just mm-hmm. uh, being able to do new things is a skill on its own. Yes. So, mm. It's important to learn that uh, if, I, if I start something completely new, I better be able to. It's called to, to adaptation. Adaptation. Maybe. It's uh, you can adapt easily, mm-hmm. and, and that's how uh, nature works. Mm. Adaptation, right? And I think this trip is actually giving me that a lot. Uh, I was adapting also a lot before because I was living in Ireland and in uh, another country. Like I, I really would like to go on and on and on with this and continue all the time this way. I think I really want to travel for the moment by bike, but at one point I really would like to start hitchhiking, traveling uh, on foot, uh, traveling by horse, traveling uh, by horse. That'd be yes. amazing. <laughs> by horse, it would be like quite funny. I wanted to go uh, uh, originally by horse, but I think I didn't have the guts already for it. But then now I'm st- I start to learn how to do things. I think I could go for it uh, because also I have been horse. I have been doing horse riding when I was a child. And I could go. I could go for that. Uh, and the more experiences I'm gonna have this way, the more uh, um, adapt, uh, adaptive I'm going to be. Uh, I really would like to also go live uh, 
in Argentina because I'm, I was dancing tango for one year and I really would like to do that. I really would like to learn Spanish. Um, once you've um, challenged yourself and you learned to do something else, that you went through your fears and that you uh, outcame them, that you succeeded, that you overcame them, uh, you want to do that all the time and you start seeing everything you could do and this is so nice, awesome and and yes, I so this is what I'm going this is what I'm getting out of this trip of traveling, of being living abroad uh, Great. a lot. And that's a I great place to yeah. stop the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> great message to leave off on and uh yeah, thanks so much. It's been a very inspiring talk. And maybe we'll go dumpster diving. <laughs> dumpster diving. Do you think we could do it here? Oh, uh, we can try. I know that it's possible. Yeah. I know that, for instance, tomorrow there is a big market here, and uh, they leave stuff after uh, when they uh, when, when they, they close up. They close up, and so we could do that here. Yes, that would be a nice idea. Yeah. I would. I would enjoy that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll and I'll tell the the audience how that went as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> and thank you very much uh, for uh, interviewing me. Like, uh, it's really nice as a talk, as an idea. I really enjoy it. Well, thanks so much. Thank you.